Trivia Music Show of your favorite pop stars. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And for those of you joining us for the first time, we scour the internet and find lesser known facts about some of the big names, legends, megastars, or like what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And after this episode, let's see if you know as much as you think you know about some of these big icons in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got Liu Yen with me in the studio. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, TJ? Always in a good mood to do pop muse with you because we're gonna share a lot of great music and also a lot of interesting trivia. And today I'm going to talk about a band. They're mostly known as a rock band, but it's interesting that their genres also include pop, indie pop, and alternative rock. So I think it's probably gonna be a little bit difficult for you. We'll see. Sounds like it might be. I feel like I've dabbled a little bit in the alternative rock genre for you know back in the day. So it depends, I guess, on the time frame that you are referring to. But yeah, excited to see who you got for us today. And today I have somebody that's pretty hot on the scene here in China, kind of a an upcoming entertainer. And I'm pretty sure you know who this person is. I can't say that I'm a huge fan of this guy's music, but I'm still looking forward to putting you up on who it is, and let's see if you can guess who it is. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Sounds like you're not a fan, so that's a clue. <laughs>、uh, other than that, I'm not getting anything at the moment. But it's all right. I think as we go on, we probably will be able to fish out more. I guess. All right, all right. Well, today I'm gonna let you go first. But before we get started, we're gonna go ahead and drop our disclaimer here that all the facts that we find for this show are all internet-based. So if there are any inaccuracies, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, and hopefully we can update that onto a later episode. So with that, Mr. Liu, why don't you go ahead and take it away? All right, let's get the party started. In 2008. Lead singer, let's call him A, met drummer B at Brigham Young University, where they were both students. Then they recruited C, D, and E to play guitar, bass, and piano, respectively, for the band. Their name is actually an anagram for a phrase only known to members of the group.、Mm. They released an EP titled "Speak to Me" that year, but two members quickly left the band after that. In 2009, they recruited F to play guitar and G to play bass. With this new lineup, they moved to Las Vegas, where they recorded and released three more EPs. Okay, that's according to Billboard and Las Vegas Review Journal. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Doesn't ring any bells yet, but all right. Keep, keep going. So they got their first big break when Train's frontman Pat Monahan fell sick. Just prior to the Bite of Las Vegas Festival 2009, you familiar with Train? Train, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Train. I, they got a few tracks that I really like. And since Train couldn't perform, this band was called to fill in. They performed to a crowd of more than 26,000 people, and obviously they did a great job. Local accolades started to pour in, such as Best Local Indie Band, Las Vegas' newest must-see live act, so on and so forth. They sent the band on a positive trajectory. 
And in November 2011, they finally signed with Interscope Records and started working on their first studio album. That's according to Las Vegas Weekly, Las Vegas City Life, and Wikipedia. All right, all right. Sounds like these guys are really big in Las Vegas, and they probably might have maybe performed there for a while. Um, Still not ringing any bells, but I feel like I have a slight clue. I'm not going to say what gave it away quite yet, but we'll see. I'll keep listening. Yes, I agree. I think Las Vegas is a huge clue. And moving on, their debut studio album was released in September 2012. That's roughly 10 years ago. And it was an immediate huge success. It resulted two chart-topping singles, and I won't name either one because they're both too famous. Okay. I can tell you that one of them held the record for most weeks spent on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, 87 to be exact. Hmm. All right, all right. However, that record has since been broken by The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Blinding Lights eventually spent 90 weeks on Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. And this signature song was also the most streamed song of 2013 on Spotify in the United States. It was nominated for two Grammy Awards, winning one of them, which was Best Rock Performance. That's according to Billboard, Grammy's website, and Wikipedia. Okay, well, hmm, I'm still in the dark here. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't say that. You said their, their debut album was about 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I that just kind of put a monkey wrench into my um, who I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay, so obviously you were thinking about somebody else, but that's fine. Let's go on. Despite their popularity and large social media followings, reception toward this band from music critics has been quite mixed. Hmm. Following the band's halftime show performance at the 2019 College Football National Championship, the music magazine Spin actually ran an article titled Is Da 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 The Worst Band Ever? which described the band's songs as having lyrics that are a bunch of motivational platitudes and pseudo-dramatic yelps featuring a punishing, squelching rhythmic force. So that's obviously very biting. Mm. The band has often been compared to Canadian rock band Nickelback by critics, as Nickelback has quite a negative public perception for similar reasons. That's according to Spin, All Music, and Pitchfork. You know what? I have to say that I was actually a pretty good fan of Nickelback back in the day. I really liked their music, and I watched something recently about how they fell off, and I think it just has a lot to do with, you know, outside the mic behavior and comments, but I think they make great music. And you mentioned a couple of artists so far, Nickelback, I've heard Train, and I'm just trying to find someone that's in this realm, but uh, still, so far, I'm, I'm still a little bit in the dark here. Yeah, I have to agree that critics tend to dump on Nickelback, let's just say. And I never quite really understood that. And also, I realized critics tend to dump on Celine Dion as well. So maybe they, they got a thing against Canadian artists or, <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. But let's, let's move on. So this band was heavily derided when Billboard announced that three of their signature songs were the three best-performing rock songs of 2010s. 
The band did not seem to be bothered by all the negativity. In an interview at the Grammy Awards, the lead singer said, "Quote: We have always prided ourselves on being a genreless band. I have no idea how I would categorize us. Sometimes it's definitely pop. Sometimes the songs are all guitar-driven. Hmm. It really depends." That's according to Grammy's official website. A genreless band. Hmm. Man, this. <laughs> I think you're right in the beginning about it being a bit harder for me because I, at present, I'm still. I have no idea who this guy. Okay, I'm hoping that you can drop some more facts that stand out a little bit more. <laughs> okay, I gotta say the next part is my favorite because it involves a lot of drama. So apparently, when critics have some harsh words for them, they didn't mind too much. But when fellow musicians also started trashing them, it was a completely different story. The lead singer of the band took to Twitter, denouncing what he described as clickbait horsecrap, filled with vile and hate, meant to feed humanity's need to laugh at each other's imperfections and fails. One member from Foster the People issued an apology, saying sorry for his mean-sounding joke, and praising the band for their humanitarian efforts. However, some musicians did not budge. For example, one member of the 1975 said in a radio interview, "Well, you are a millionaire in a huge band. You don't say, 'Oh, I'm gonna do this.' And also, can I be void of criticism? It's like, hmm, no." That's according to Stereo Gum and NME. Well, he does have a point in that whatever you do as a musician,、uh, you're gonna get criticism. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's amazing, whether it's awful, you're gonna have people who love it. People are gonna hate it. So yeah, he has a point. Yeah. But I think Foster the People had a very interesting point because they did apologize for the mean-sounding joke. But they never said anything about the quality of this band's music. They just went on to praise their humanitarian efforts. That's almost like saying, "Yeah, we still don't think you're good, <laughs> but we're gonna find something to praise." Okay, so they are humanitarians as well as musicians. What exactly do they do in the humanitarian realm? Okay, so let's see. The list is actually very long. In 2013, they started a charity called the Tyler Robinson Foundation, helping young people who are battling cancer.、Okay. And in 2014, they helped to raise $100,000 for school music programs. And in 2015, they released a charity single called "I Was Me," with all proceeds going to the UN Refugee Agency to support refugees all around the world. They also released "I Love You All the Time" to benefit the victims of the terrorist attacks in Paris. That's according to LasVegasSun.com and also Forbes.、Hmm. And in 2017, they helped organize the annual Love Loud Festival. In 2018, the lead singer collaborated with Hans Zimmer on a charity single called "Skipping Stones." It was released to correspond with his documentary "Believer." So that's a huge clue. Okay, so believer. I wonder what context he's referring to here. Is this like a religious thing, or、uh, or what? Well, I can tell you that it was somewhat religious, but it's not all about religion. So it's actually about his best friend, and he dedicated both this song and the documentary to his best friend who died by suicide.、Mm. That best friend apparently faced a lot of harassment and torture just for staying true to himself. To To the point that it became too painful to carry on, so he took his own life. 
That profoundly affected this lead singer, and so he decided to do the documentary to honor his best friend's memory and also to raise awareness. Okay. I have heard this story quite a few times, including once in this particular documentary. It always gets to me. Always. Okay. All right. Well, fortunately, I <laughs> I feel like some of these clues should be drawing me closer and closer. But man, I I'm completely I don't know. I feel like I might have missed a lot of these guys' work. But but that I think that's also something that we do on this show too, right? It kind of we kind of put people up on you know different musicians' lives, also what they've done. Some of their struggles, and it just yeah, again, it opens it opens a window, you know, at least for me, at anyway. But okay, all right, let's keep going, let's keep it going, let's hopefully, hopefully, I've heard of these guys at least. Oh, I'm sure you have definitely heard of these guys. Actually, I was thinking that with all the Billboard statistics and also the documentary, you would have guessed by now. But apparently, you are not really at that stage yet. So I'm gonna give you more clues. All right. Here is a very interesting fact. They are the first rock act in history to have four songs to surpass one billion streams each. And all of these songs have only one word in their titles. So this looks like their thing. You know, they they love one-word songs.、Hmm. While they certainly have plenty of songs that have more than one word in the titles, their biggest hits or lead singles all seem to have only one word. They released their latest studio album just a few months ago, and this trend continues. So the first single is called Bones, and the second single is called Sharks. But if you don't listen to the latest pop songs, I'm pretty sure you don't know these songs. Yeah, you're right about that.、I、haven't heard any video. Okay. <laughs> But、um, I, okay, you, you mentioned one-word titles, right? It doesn't mean like the songs actually have one word in them, right? <laughs> right, right. One-word titles. Obviously, if the songs only contain one word in the actual content, then it doesn't work because they have to deliver some kind of message, right? Now, last but not least, I have to mention a very interesting Chinese connection. Okay. This band has a very funny Chinese name. It's more or less the same as their English name, you know, just directly translated into English. However, the funny bit is, it's exactly the same as a famous popsicle brand in China, and this brand has a certain, shall we say, animal in its name because this animal is considered. A symbol for China and Chinese culture. I think I can guess what animal that is, but I still don't know the,、uh, I guess, the context of what you know for this particular artist in this band. So, sounds like panda, but I'm not sure exactly what, what how, how else that would be used. <laughs> okay, once again, this is bordering on cheating, but. Pay attention to my wording. I said, "Shall we say animal?" So obviously, it's questionable. If you're talking about panda, that's definitely an animal. I needn't say, "Shall we say an animal?" So what else is closely associated with Chinese culture?、Mm. It's more like a creature. Okay, okay, that that clears the picture a little bit more. All right, still doesn't help. I know it's a dragon of some sort, but、okay. still, I mean, I, I still don't. I'm still kind of.、Uh, I'm sure that for the fans out there listening who are who knows what you're referencing, they're probably banging their heads against something right now. But <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, if that still doesn't help you, <laughs> I gotta say, there's no way you can get this one right. 
But here's a final clue anyway, because it's a very human story. So the lead singer, well, actually, he used to have a very long-lasting relationship with his wife, and everybody believed that they are going to be this perfect couple who are going to make it until the end. But unfortunately, they got divorced. And the twist is that later they also got back together and had another child.、Hmm. So it was a positive story, and people believed in okay, as long as you work hard, and you are going to make your marriage work. But unfortunately, just a few days ago, before our recording, they announced that they are splitting up again.、Mm. So this time for good. It just goes to show that marriage is always messy, and it takes so much effort and also work. And sometimes, even with the best of intentions, it still doesn't work. That's life. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, wow. You don't hear that very often, where people, you know, split up and then get back together and have a child. I mean, I think people get back together normally because when the separation happens, there's the drama. You miss the person. There's the comfort, the years、yeah. of that bonding, right? And when it's gone, it, it's hard to kind of let go. And it, in moments of weakness, you come back. But then those same issues kind of arise, and so you know you look past those things because a lot of times you just look at the past,、mm-hmm. and sometimes the past is really hard to、uh, to let go of the positive moments anyway. But anyway, okay, that sounds like pretty interesting stuff. Still don't have a ah name. I'm gonna have to just literally just guess, throw something out there. Okay,、um, it sounds like they're a pretty big band, and、uh, you mentioned. Quite a few bands.、Uh, you mentioned the Weekend.、Mm-hmm. You also mentioned,、uh, as I mentioned before, Train and.、Uh, but you mentioned when did they start actually performing music? I mean, you mentioned that their debut album was just ten years ago, but you, were they involved in music?、Um, you know, long before that that debut album. I believe they started performing. Around clubs and you know small venues back in 2008. That's when they,、uh, that's when the band first started having different members. And of course, as as I told you at the very beginning, they had a few different shifts with the member going in, going out, and eventually the band became、uh, like a four piece instead of five. All right. Well, that helps absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I, I really, I literally don't have anyone. I'm, geez, for a Western star, I'm actually gonna have to go online and look, look up for thirty seconds and try to figure something out. All right, there's no shame in that whatsoever. I'll start the countdown. Okay. Thirty. Twenty-five. <laughs> Twenty. Fifteen. Ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Do you have a name? All right. So I am on a page here that has a list of、uh, some of the top kind of alternative rock, punk, grunge type、uh, musicians for the, over the past ten, fifteen years. And a lot of names come up. I'm literally just pulling a needle out of the haystack here. I have no idea who this person is.、Uh, but you did mention, you know, a few genres. You you mentioned indie rock.、Mm-hmm. And when I look at some of these names here, some of them they all have different, you know, kind of subcategories. Ah.、Uh, 
there is one band or there's quite a few on here but there's one that i've heard uh, quite a bit from not so much of their music but just kind of their name has been kind of rolling around and i haven't really got a chance to listen to any of their music um but if i had to pick a name and this is just a wild guess mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess something called the black keys that's all I got. So go ahead and uh, <laughs> okay. So go ahead and give me the goods. Unfortunately, my friend, that is way off. <laughs> I think Black Keys is too alternative. They are still, after all, like uh, hitting the top of the charts on a regular basis. So they are much more mainstream and much more pop oriented. Because I also mentioned that they are pop. Okay. So the correct answer is. Imagine Dragons. Imagine what? Okay. <laughs> this is actually the first group or band or musicians that I've actually never heard of. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, TJ, TJ. I imagine that a lot of people will be saying, where have you been in the past 10 years? But that's okay. Um, so Imagine Dragons is one of the biggest bands in the world right now. While they're best known as a rock act, their music genres also include pop, electro-pop, indie pop, and alternative rock. They have sold more than 75 million records worldwide and are one of the world's best-selling music artists of all time. Today, we're going to enjoy one of their signature songs, Believer, and one of their less-known songs, They Don't Know You Like I Do. All right, all right, sounds good. Let's hear it. Believe it, believe it. 
and the flames. You're the face of the future, the blood in my veins. Oh, ooh, the blood in my veins. Oh, ooh. But they never did, ever lived, ever and flowing, inhibited, limited, till it broke up when it rained down. It rained down like.
So that was "They Don't Know You Like I Do" by Imagine Dragons.、Mm. Whenever I listen to this track, it always gets me so emotional, especially when the part he sang, like、um, "I Wish I Could Do Something to Prevent This from Happening." Well, that's just the gist of the, the song. It, it was not word for word, but whenever I listen to that part. I always had this urge to cry. I don't know about you. Yeah, you can definitely hear the sadness in, in the song, and it was like he was kind of getting choked up while he was singing the lyrics. It was different. It was a different expression、uh, of sadness. I think you know somehow it was the melody to me wasn't that melancholic, but it, in his voice I could hear you know the sentiment. So it was. It was. I think it was novel the way that this song、yes. was done. The first track, "Believer," I I heard that somewhere. I I think this is was a really popular song at one point. And when you played it, I was like, okay, yeah, I've heard this song, you know. And then I heard, I thought I heard like little little Weezy,、mm-hmm. you know, little Wayne there a little bit. And I think I don't know how many bars he did in like one breath, but I felt like he was just you know spitting with like that one breath. But it would sound like he was out of breath. But he made it sound pretty hot. It was kind of cool. Yes, I really enjoyed. Believer as well, and like you, my question was: Is he actually going to be able to breathe after all that verse? <laughs> yeah, I think that's some that's a tactic that you know some artists use, some rappers use, and it's it's, it's pretty cool if it's done right. So yeah, cool track, good music. Thanks for sharing, man.、Mm-hmm. So for me today, I got an artist that I would like to share, and again, as I mentioned before, he's、uh, kind of a big name. So I think Mr. Liu, you shouldn't have a problem guessing who this person is. So why don't I stop digressing here and, and get cracking? I'm gonna go with fact number one, and this is according to C Pop Home. So this guy, he's from a middle class family in Chongqing.、Mm. All right, his father、yep. worked for a company called Chang'an Suzuki. I know Suzuki is a、uh, a car company or some type of、um, yeah Japanese company,、um, but anyway, this guy he began to learn to play the violin from a young age, and actually his dream was to become a painter. Somehow he got into music. I'm not sure who influenced him to get into music, but anyway, according to this source, he had interest in being a cafe owner or a barista and also a baker. So I guess it sounds like he was into a whole bunch of different things, but. Somehow he struck it with music.、Uh, when he was young, his idol was a singer called Stephanie Sun, and、um, I guess he used to go to her concerts and her fan signs. So I guess that might have been one of his motivations to sing.、Um, that's it for fact number one. Actually, <laughs> we're gonna go on to fact number two. This is according to IMDb.、Um, this artist plays the harmonica and the guitar. Not sure if that plays out in his music or not, but、uh, he actually went to school to become a graphic designer, and he graduated from school for for that. And while he was in school, he held a, quite a few different positions in school. He was a director of the vocal music department, and he also was、um, the director of the male voice department. So I think he somehow he was able he was holding some man. Positions in a lot of different clubs in school,、mm-hmm. and he was the actor of the language school arts branch. Okay, so there are a few important clues here. He is from Chongqing, and he definitely was a fanboy of Stephanie Sun. And also, he seemed to have a lot of different interests in different areas, even in managerial positions. So that's kind of interesting. Although I have to admit, while these clues are interesting. 
they're not helping much because they are all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you say. I, you hear that, everybody. I think that Mr. Liu might know who this guy is already, and he's just being modest. <laughs> but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling. And I guess in a lot of campuses and schools uh, in China, they have these like competitions on campus for singing and stuff like that. And it like certain departments, like it could be the Department of Economics or the Department of Science, but they still somehow hold these singing competitions was I think which I think are is quite interesting but he won a couple or got to the top 10 of some of these uh, singing competitions so clearly here he expressed an interest in music and I think this might have gave him the confidence to say hey you know what maybe I could actually do this too and from there he took a detour and opened his own company with some of his friends on campus. And I think this might be a really big clue to a lot of um, fans out there. And he opened a, I guess you could say a a photo studio or a place for photography, hmm. okay? So, and it was called Reminiscence Visual Media. So I think that that's kind of cool. Like he had his own kind of small company while he was in school. Yeah, that's a kind of a, a, a random detour, but you know, pretty admirable and that's gonna bring me to fact number three and this is also from imdb so i guess at the launch of his company he got a phone call from someone and they encouraged him to compete in a large-scale music opportunity and so i think he had a decision to make because i mean he had already started his business but he had an opportunity to do something bigger so he I, obviously he took it and he got his big break with a reality TV show that I'm not sure I want to say at this time, but he ended up competing in it along with, I think, 15 other people. And he got an opportunity to perform for a band. All right. Okay. Previously, you were saying that I was probably just pretending not to know who this is, but I can assure you that I'm not pretending because I don't really know this particular show you're referring to. And it sounds like he has always got this entrepreneurial spirit and he is very good at hustling. So I'm going to keep that in mind and keep guessing. It does sound like he does have this entrepreneurial spirit. And I think that he had a big decision to make, at least at this point in his career. But for this artist, he went ahead and decided to compete. And as I mentioned, he was successful and he joined a band. It's kind of like an idol band, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So I'm not sure if you listen to this kind of music, but if you don't, then it might be a little complicated at this point to guess. But trust me, I'm sure you'll figure it out in the near future. And so with this band, which I cannot name at this time, their hit singles included In Our Own Name, and that was from their debut album. And that one was uh, making quite a bit of noise. And some of the other top singles from the band was also Say No, Like Like, and Signal. And I kind of looked up the meaning and some of the lyrics of some of these songs. And it's kind of funny because it, it sounds like these songs are largely about interacting online, which is kind of the trend, right? And I think when you're an idol or you're part of these kind of groups, you're, you're, you're kind of trained on like what angles and what kind of music, what kind of titles, what subjects to touch on to kind of stimulate the market. So yeah, like, like is obviously what we do when we go on someone's WeChat or their moments and we like this and that and then the song signal is actually a love song about having no signal and like if the world went dark it wouldn't matter the only thing that i'm worried about is not being able to contact you you know <laughs> 
I have to say that sounds like a very sweet message. And I would definitely be into that if I were still, let's say, a teenager or something. But since I'm way past that, it probably wouldn't wouldn't work on me. But I think I might have a clue. Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet, but I think I might have a clue. Yeah, definitely. And I think that if you have a clue and you might know, then these next clues will be a lot easier. So we're going to move on to fact number four. And this is according to C-Pop Home and JaneStars.com. Now, this artist, I guess his dating profile has been relatively under wraps for most of his career. Like most stars, I you know, you have to dig a little bit more to find out stuff about you know who they're with and some pictures surfaced online from his uh, college sweetheart and I thought that this was kind of interesting according to the article the two were pretty serious at one point but they split up because I think his girlfriend went abroad and since then she's got married and had kids and I'm wondering how the girl must feel that the guy that she broke up with ended up being this big star you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I kind of wonder what that must be like to date somebody who eventually got famous. Okay. But anyway, also a bit of buzz is that he and his manager might be involved because the two were spotted wearing uh, matching outfits. Not really a big deal, but I just found that the media backlash, I guess if you want to call it, I think that's what kind of triggered my attention was just that the fans just got so upset about who this person is supposedly with and there's been like um i guess you could say a lot of fan protesting and unlikings or unfollowings because of that and i just find that to be so interesting or alarming because i mean aren't you supposed to love the person for their music what they represent mm -hmm. or yeah. is if you're an idol i guess you're supposed to be what they want you to be. You know, it's that they, they would worship you as some kind of figure. And if you break that figure in any way, it's like they come down on you and they attack you. So it's almost like an obsession and you must be who I want you to be. And I, I don't know, that's almost like you're you're trapped as a musician where it's like you can't really be yourself. And I, I'm not, it sounds good from, you know, externally because I'm not anyone's idol, but it sounds good to be someone's idol. But it, I think this, because this also kind of represents the, the downside to this kind of um, image. Well, actually, that doesn't surprise me one bit. I'm not sure if you still remember because we we did Andy Lau on Pop Muse mm, once. And mm, there mm. was also the story about a crazy fan who just followed him for decades, even to the point that her father, because he wanted to support her in pursuing uh, the dream of seeing Andy Lau in person, it became too much of a financial burden. And he eventually died by suicide as well. I don't know if you still remember that story. I think that's an episode you did with Rin Chi. Right, so right, anyway, right. stories like this are actually quite common. And the psychology behind this, I believe, is the, the idea that if I really love someone to the point that it borders on being sick, then you have that possession, like you want to possess that somebody. Yeah, well, I think that that was quite prevalent or quite obvious with uh, this artist, because it just seems like it's not the life that it's all cracked up to be, especially from, you know, when you look into what these guys have to go through. We're going to move on to fact number five, and this is also from C-Pop Home. 
This artist was announced as the 2019 Weibo King at the 2019 Weibo Award Ceremony. Didn't know they had an award ceremony, but I guess this guy is a king of it. And so, I mean, these days, this is someone who has a lot of influence, clearly. Um, so it's no surprise that he was ranked number one as the most handsome face or one of the, the most handsome faces of Asia in the Asia Pacific region. He was on another list as one, one on the 100 most handsome men in 2020 by Top Beauty World. So I guess this guy is also well known for his appearance. Hmm. But interestingly enough, with this praise, you know, there was something else that happened that he survived. He survived an online campaign called the 227 incident in 2020 as well. And I think that this is kind of, it was just weird. I mean, I haven't seen anything like this before. Pretty much he was just under attack, like who he was as an individual, his uh, orientation, all kinds of stuff was attacked. And it had largely to do with his uh, close relations with a fellow film contributor named Wang Yibo. And since these guys are, you know, they're pretty big on the scene, they're kind of heartthrobs in the idol world, I guess you can call it. They've collaborated on a few films and stuff like that. And since they were, I guess, close friends, they were kind of attacked for it. And so this artist had to kind of defend himself and dispel any rumors about these two you know luckily this artist still rose from this kind of media attack on uh, on who he was so yeah in addition to that he's also made it to like many artists a guinness world record for the fastest selling digital single in 2020 so 2020 was a big year for him not only for the accolades and music but also for also, this attack from possibly competitors, not sure. And I'm not sure Mr. Liu's face is frowned up. So I'm, I'm thinking that he, he might be a little bit clueless <laughs> about, about this fact here. Um, but anyway, as I mentioned, this artist is a not just a musician, but he's also an actor. And he made his acting debut with a, a film called Superstar Academy. And this was kind of a, this was a Chinese film about, in summary, constellations, family, and power. Hmm. And this was a, a pretty famous 2016 film. So, yeah. Uh, of course, I could go into more of the films that he's done that would give this away, but I'm not. I think I'm going to kind of leave it here. And just to help you out a little bit more, uh, the competition that he tried out for that kind of pushed him into music was called X-Fire. And th this competition is where, I guess, the idol training took place. And there were, you know, quite a few contestants. And then at the end, I think eight were successful. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for this artist. But uh, Mr. Liu is nodding his head confidently. So I think he might know who I'm referencing. So go ahead and spill it, man. In fact, I was nodding my head because I was thinking, yeah, I definitely got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because originally I was quite confident, but I have never heard of that 227 incident. And also you mentioned his most famous film in 2016. I had never heard of that film either. And when you talked about like his fastest selling single in 2020, I definitely didn't know that one. So now I'm really clueless. But can I cheat just a little bit? How many characters does he have in his name how many characters okay uh 
I don't know how many characters. You're asking a non-Chinese-speaking person how many characters he has in his name. I have no idea. I think maybe two, possibly. Well, in that case, I'm utterly clueless.、Uh, I'll just say my original guess. That would be Yang Tianxi. But I'm pretty sure that's the wrong answer. All right. Well, let's hear what the judges have to say about that guess. Oh, I am so sorry, Mr. Liu. I'm not sure who you guessed, but the guy that I have for you today is called Xiao Zhen. Ah,、uh, I didn't see that coming. Okay. So Xiao Zhen is a Chinese singer and actor. This artist competed in the music competition X Fire, as I mentioned before, in 2015, and was chosen to become a member of the boy group X Nine. He made his acting debut in the 2016 television series Superstar Academy, and has since appeared in Oh My Emperor in 2018, Fights Break Sphere, which is 2018, and The Wolf in 2018. I'm not sure if you've heard of any of those films, so. Big name in film and also in music, but I think he's probably a lot more famous for his films、mm. instead of、mm. his songs.、Yeah. But be that as it may, I got a couple of tracks that I will share from this artist. And I think earlier I mentioned "In Our Own Name," which was you know a, a big single from their debut album. And earlier I also mentioned the song "Signal," and I, I actually want to hear it myself. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys. So "In Our Own Name" first up, and then second "Signal." But before we hear those tracks, of course, we're gonna go ahead and call it for this episode. For those of you joining us, be sure to tune in for another episode of Pop Muse, and be sure to let us know if you think we should cover a star that is close to your heart. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the show. I'm TJ Reed. I'm Liu Yan. Take it easy, folks, and we will see you next time. Peace.